the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's calling, wake up, child. It's your turn to shine. You were born for such a time as this. Such a time as this. One must be willing to pay the price. We forget that. In Christianity, we, we hear all these fluffy sermons and these books that are, they're encouraging and they're good, but we forget there's a price to pay. One must be willing to pay the price. There's a, there's a cost to obtain revival. There's a cost to pay. It's travail of your soul. It's brokenness. It's humility. It's pressing in. It's persevering. It's contending. God, I might not feel it. I might not see it, but I'm going to keep diving in. I'm going to keep persevering. Come hell or high water. I want to pay that price. Thank you for joining us here at Westside Christian Fellowship, located in Leona Valley, California, one hour north of Los Angeles. Today's special Friday message is titled, The Roar of 64, and is a powerful introduction sermon message given by Pastor Shane for Ren the Heavens Fall 2023. Be sure to listen after today's message as Pastor Shane gives encouraging words to Regaining Lost Ground listeners. You can hear the whole message at Pastor Shane's YouTube and Rumble channels. Make sure to subscribe today. For more information, visit us online at westsidechristianfellowship.org. We also encourage you to hear more truth from Pastor Shane with the Idleman Unplugged weekly podcast. And now, from Westside Christian Fellowship in Leona Valley, California, here's Pastor Shane Eidelman. Now let me tell you what Ren the Heavens is. This, this will really set the stage. This will get our hearts ready. Um, we're gonna, we can put up the first slide. It is based on Isaiah 64. Isaiah 64. And the context of Isaiah is after 50 years of financial prosperity, the children of Israel had drifted. Sound familiar? They had succumbed to pagan worship and idolatry and judgment was on the way. So Isaiah is painting this picture. And so reflection leads to a decision. We have to reflect on what is going on in our lives, going on in our nation. And that reflection leads to a decision to stop wavering. And that's always the call. The prophet would say, how long will you waver between two opinions? If God is God, follow him. If God is God, follow him. And so that ha- there has to be a decision made when it comes to rend the heavens. We have to you know, look at our hearts and say, okay, I'm, I'm not going to waver between two opinions. I'm not going to falter anymore. I want to, pr- pr- I want to fully surrender my life to the Lord. And that's why it's so important. Reflection leads to a decision to stop wavering. How long will you waver? And it's a challenge to all of us, even pastors, even leaders, even Christians who have been Christians for years. They can some, sometimes fade away or fall away or lose their first love ever been there so red in the heavens is a call to re- recapture and return to that first love then we can go to the next point of this 
So Isaiah 64, here's why we're here. Here's why we put this together. Even uh, I think two years ago we started. Isaiah, it's actually a prayer. The prophet Isaiah, this is a prayer, and you can see it's heart-wrenching. Oh, God, oh, that you would what? Rend the heavens. That word is to rip open the heavens, to come down and visit your people again, that the mountains might shake at your presence. And so as a church, we believe, I've taught that God is everywhere, right? But there's something special when his presence is even there in a more tangible way. He's quickening the heart. He's convicting the sinner. He's rebuilding the broken. He's strengthening the sick. He's encouraging the frustrated and he's building up the fearful. His, his presence is there and there's something dynamic that takes place. That is revival. At the heart of revival is experiencing God. And so that's our prayer. That's what we base this on, that God would rend the heavens and, 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 and the fire would burn, the water would even boil, and to make your name known to your adversaries, that the nations may tremble at your presence. And getting back to the fear of the Lord. Guys, we got to get back to the fear of the Lord. We've drifted so far from that. And the Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. It's the beginning of understanding, to fear God again. And so we have to be desperate. So if you come to rend the heavens, you've got to be desperate. Why? Because desperate people do desperate things. Doesn't something have to change? Business as usual is not going to cut it. There's a desperation. God, I'm so desperate to hear from you. I'm going to fast. Uh Uh-oh. I'm so desperate for you. I'm going to come to prayer meetings. I'm going to try to make it every night. Or I'm going to have family devotional. I'm going to do things in my own, in my own home. I'm going to, I'm going to begin to worship you. I'm going to turn off Netflix and voodoo, even though it's hard. You know, the flesh doesn't like that. Desperate for you. Desperate for more of God. And the verse we use a lot, you will seek me and you will find me when you search for me for with all of your heart, with all of your heart. So that's why we come here. We're saying, Lord, here's all of my heart. I lay it down at the altar. I lay it at the foot of the cross. I want to give you everything. And remember that word seek is like you've lost a child and you have to find it. Have any parents experienced that before? You lose something so important, everything stops, everything ceases. And that's what it parallels to seeking God. It's like, Lord, we've lost you. We've lost that anointing. We've lost that first love. Oh, God, I want to find you again. No matter what it takes, I will seek you with all of my heart and all of my strength. God, I want to be desperate for more of you. I want to be desperate for your presence. Oh, God, I need to hear from you. God, I'm broken. I'm broken. God, I'm broken. We need you. Crush my pride. Remove my arrogance. I humbly submit to you. God, whatever it takes, whatever it takes, I'm desperate I need to hear from you without desperation we will not experience revival and then it goes on to say on on this point of desperation millions don't defy God consciously they default to cake and television except for the periodic rush of sex and sports and cinema life yawns there's no passion for significance For many, there's no passion at all. John Piper. And Lena, you can keep going through those. I'll get to those. One must be willing to pay the price. 
We forget that. In Christianity, we, we hear all these fluffy sermons and these books that are, they're encouraging and they're good, but we forget there's a price to pay. One must be willing to pay the price. There's a, there's a cost to obtain revival. There's a cost to pay. It's travail of your soul. It's brokenness. It's humility. It's pressing in. It's persevering. It's contending. God, I might not feel it. I might not see it, but I'm going to keep diving in. I'm going to keep persevering. Come hell or high water, I want to pay that price. And then there's a price to maintain it, and that's why we come every night. Breakthroughs always cost someone something. Is that not true? Ask Moses what it cost him, Abraham what it cost him, David what it cost him. Ask the prophets what it cost them to be prophetic voices. Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel and Daniel and Joel and Amos and Obadiah and Jonah, they all, it all cost them something to give life-giving resources out of their heart to others. Only the remnant can bring revival and there's no revival without repentance. There's no revival without repentance. I love what John Wesley said, light yourself on fire and people will come to watch you burn. My fear is that our people will become content to live without the fire. Guys, you know when a church has fire and when it doesn't. It's sad. We need that fire. We need that that anointing of God. We need that 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 the pulpits aflamed with righteousness again. We need the churches on fire again. And that begins with repentance. God, I repent of my critical heart. I came in here judgmental and arrogant and, and, and backbiting and even fearful and, and negative and watching things I shouldn't be watching. Lord, I repent of all of that. I need the fire of God back. And so that's our prayer too. Oh God, rend my heart. Let Rend my heart. Let me hear the roar of Isaiah 64. Let that roar within my heart. And let me encourage you, even though you don't, you don't feel that fire, you are dead spiritually. The passion has faded. All you have to do is say, God, help. Help. I don't feel it. God, I want that. I desire that. God, I want that more than anything else. And you might not feel it right away. There's, that's why the old saints used to call it travail. They would go to all night prayer meetings and come out at four in the morning and say, God finally answered. I petitioned the Father, I pressed in, I travailed, and I persevered, and God answered, and the fire came. Our families need to see us on fire again for God. And then coming close to the end here, there needs to be dependence, dependence. And I will tell you publicly right now, there is no plan B with what's going on in the world. No election, no world leader, no presidential candidate, No laws, no legislation. Washington, D.C. cannot save us. God knows Sacramento cannot save us. There is no plan B. There is no other option. Unless God brings another spiritual awakening. There is is no hope for America. But praise God, he's looking for Intercessors, he's looking, he's looking for, do you realize you till the soil of your heart and God brings the rain of revival? God often brought revival based on the prayers and the brokenness of the people. 
We can go back to the Welsh revivals, New Hebrides revivals, First Great Awakening, uh, back with Dunkel, Duncan Campbell and Evan Roberts and the fire of God, the revival. It all started from broken people petitioning the heart of the Father and doing whatever it takes to seek God. And sometimes people say, well, Shane, that's just legalism. No, it's not. It's wisdom. It's biblical to hunger and thirst for God. Jesus said, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness will be fulfilled. So what do you hunger and thirst for tonight? You can change that. Thank God. Doesn't, aren't you glad he doesn't make you go through a, a class for six weeks? Or follow this checklist for 12 weeks and do these 12 steps. He says, come, 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 and I will not cast away. Come broken, come humble. I've seen God take a broken life and in five seconds renew it. It doesn't mean the consequences are gone, but God walks them through that struggle because now they're in God's will, redeemed and forgiven versus running outside of his will. So dependence, there's no plan B. My refuge, my fortress, my God and whom I trust. We have to look to that. And then remind yourself of God's faithfulness. Reminding yourself of God's faithfulness turns into thankfulness. When you did awesome things, Isaiah goes on to say, remember God, when you did awesome things for which we did not even look, you came down, the mountains shook at your presence. In other words, you are a good God. Even when I'm not following you, look at the goodness of God. If it was not for the grace of God, I would be dead right now. I would have been died long ago, or I would be buried. I would be up on the curb in Lancaster, falling out homeless. But for the grace of God, there go I. Thankfulness. For since the beginning of the world, men have not heard, nor perceived by the ear, nor has the eye seen any God besides you. And guys, this is critical. God acts for the one who waits for him. So you have to determine, I will seek him and I will wait for him, even in this storm. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. And we know the famous verse, those who wait upon the Lord will renew their spiritual strength here's what's interesting i just looked this up in the hebrew this morning the literal meaning is to bind together like a cord so it's not at home with your feet propped up and netflix on that's not waiting for god those who bind themselves to god like a cord and hold on will renew their strength And if you're barely holding on tonight, remember, make sure it's on to the hem of his garment. Barely holding on, hold on to the hem of his garment. So God, we're going to wait on you. We're going to bind us together like a cord. Do not let us go. We're going to wait upon you and renew our spiritual strength. And so that means different things to different people. We might camp out at a worship song. Stephen might just play quietly. You might be able to speak something over your life. Same with the other nights with Blessing and Madeline and the other worship teams we have coming. Just, just waiting on God, not being in a hurry. We have to teach ourselves in this culture we live in today of instant gratification. 60 second videos on Instagram. Go, 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 go. We have to learn to wait, wait upon the Lord. And that's how we renew our strength. And then God will bring deliverance. 
I sought the Lord and he answered me and he delivered me from all of my fears. I sought the Lord. Again, this is not a quick five-minute microwave Christianity. This is pressing in and pressing in. Some people, you might be frustrated and go, I, don't, I, I didn't really get what I wanted tonight. What, are you coming tomorrow? You leave tomorrow. I, I didn't really get what I wanted. Well, what are you trying to get? Because you don't get God. You draw close to God. And sometimes you got to press in, Lord, I, I want to meet you. And I believe it takes more faith to press in even when you don't feel like it. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. So we actually please God when we don't feel it and we still press in. That is true, genuine faith. And that's why we are here. We are here this week for the next eight nights to ask God to rend the heavens, to come down and to repair our churches, our families, our nation, and to repent and to intercede. So this altar is going to be open all night till we're here, obviously. And this is where you can come. You can intercede for your prodigal son, your daughter, your marriage, yourself. The doctor gave you a bad report. You need to know God's will. How many of you need to know God's will? Then I I would find myself up here at some point. It's a step of humility. Remember what I talked about something. This is Sunday. Something must die in you before Christ can truly live in you. Something must die. Pride, arrogance, self, self-righteous, self-esteem, self-made man. That has to die in us. And guys, I'm not saying any of this with a mean heart. I know the power of the Holy Spirit. And I know how he can change a life and redirect that life and give you a passion and a fire. Doesn't mean life's easy, but it means I've got God on my side and the Holy Spirit just directing and guiding. It's a wonderful thing. So I'm going to go ahead and pray. I think is that the last, the last point? It's only when the world, it's only when the whole heart, oh, Ian Bounds, oh my goodness. If you want a good, if you want a good book on prayer, pick up anything by E.M. Bounds. Grab an hour, get a quiet place, a quiet heart, and a quiet, quiet place, a quiet heart, and a, yeah, quiet hour. And pick up E.M. Bounds and bring a highlighter. It's only when the whole heart is gripped with the passion of prayer that the life-giving fire descends. For none but the earnest man gets access to the ear of God. The earnest man gets the access to the ear of God. And again, we're going to have baptisms and you can begin your, your journey of full surrender tonight as well. Just let Pastor Abram know if you want to get baptized. And Lord, so we just come to you tonight. Lord, we are all broken and fractured and frail. Thank God you don't give us over to ourselves. But Lord, we need you. We need to hear from you. Our families need you. Lord, I know I need you. Speak deeply into our lives. Give us wisdom and direction. Let us know your will. And I pray just anointing over the next few nights as worship continues. Give us a taste of heaven here on earth. And I ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. He's calling, wake up, child. It's your turn to shine. You 
Hey, Regaining Lost Ground listeners, this is Pastor Shane. Hey, you just heard a message from Rend the Heavens, where our church gets together for about a week straight. We have services every night. And uh, the first night I spoke about this topic of revival, of lighting that flame, and the title is The Roar of 64, meaning Isaiah 64. Of course, you can find that on our YouTube and Rumble channels. If you'd like to listen to it later, a major theme of our ministry is revival. And it's a biblical term. I know people have made it into something weird. Uh, So on one hand, you have uh, those who have made it something weird because we watch YouTube videos and we hear the word revival and we just think, oh, wow, anything goes. If it's odd, it's God. You know, and that's not true. But then on the other side, you know, you can be just dead, uh, legalistic, very conservative, uh, the Holy Spirit hasn't moved there since 1970-something, right? So you have this 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 um, balance that's hard to find. You know, you don't want to be a circus and you don't want to be a cemetery. And so that is why I love talking about revival. I love reading about revival. When God awakens his people, awakens his, his church, and right now the only plan for our nation, uh, there is actually no plan B. There's no election that's going to fix this. There's nothing that's going to fix where we're at except another spiritual awakening by God and God himself. And he uses broken, humble vessels. And that was the point of this message is we have to be desperate again, desperate for more of God, desperate to pray, desperate to, to seek his face, de- desperate to, to uh, dethrone King's stomach and begin fasting again. There's nothing wrong with incorporating fasting into your life. Jesus said, when you give, when you pray, and when you fast, it is, it, it's, we don't do it because of legalism. We don't do it because, you know, it, it makes God love me more. Uh, he doesn't love me more, but I sure love him more. We're not bending God's arm by fasting. We're not, you know, uh, you know, uh, marking things off a checklist and okay, God, here's what I did. Here's what you have to do. No fasting aligns my heart with his fasting is a really a prayer in itself. It's a call of desperation. Lord, I'm so desperate. I'm going to give up this appetite for a greater appetite for your power and for your presence. So there has to be desperation. There has to be determination. You have to be determined Uh, No matter what you feel like, you're still going to press in and seek the heart of God. And many times I have to preach. I know this might be a surprise. I have to preach. I have to lead the church services when I don't feel like it. Uh, If it were up to me, I would be at home. But you've got to press through that. And then the blessing comes later. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. It's that diligence and doing it again. Lord, I don't even feel like it, but I'm going to seek you regardless. And eventually that flesh submits and the fire of God comes upon your life and you are revived. And that's really what revival is. It is awakening somebody who is already a believer. They are spiritually, I don't know, apathetic. They need spiritual resuscitation, not in the sense that they are dead to salvation. They are alive in Christ, but they have quenched and grieved the spirit for so long that they are doing nothing for the kingdom of God, and they have to be revived. And so what happens is when a person is desperate and they begin to desperately seek God and when, and if you seek me with all of your heart, you will find me. And as that, as the, it's like onion peels as a, as the layers come off of pride and arrogance and, and, um, that's my, that's my note to remind you guys, uh, to pray for revival for our nation, uh, pray as often as you set, set an alarm on your watch like I do. 
that reminds you to pray for uh, what's going on in our nation, for our families. And see, here's here's the beautiful thing. You know, I don't know where where America's going to end up. I don't I don't know. You know, if if we're too far gone. All I know is I'm supposed to do business until he returns. I'm supposed to contend for what is right. I'm supposed to expose the unfruitful work, works of darkness. I'm supposed to hope in God and pray for another spiritual awakening. And when you are revived, think about this, men. When you are revived, your marriage is revived. Your family is revived. And God takes one man on fire or one woman on fire, and he uses them in, in profound ways. You can look at the life of Amy Carmichael, Adonijah Judson, Hudson Taylor, uh, John Bunyan, John Wesley. We can go down the whole list of great Christians that we love to read and follow. But did you know you can be one of those great Christians? But you have to be filled with that fire. You have to pray for revival and be desperate for more of God. So begin today. Say, Lord, I want that. I don't feel it. I'm so far gone. I've drifted. But God, would you renew that fire in my heart again, Lord? I want to return to my first love. And you'll be amazed at what God does with humility. For all the latest on what God is doing with His ministry here, please be sure to follow us on most social media platforms. Westside Christian Fellowship is located 60 miles north of Los Angeles in Leona Valley, California. Thank you again for listening to today's message of Regaining Lost Ground, where we are reminded daily, times change, truth does not. Regaining Lost Ground is sponsored by the generous supporters of the ministries of Westside Christian Fellowship. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.